Hi, welcome to Quick Roast Quo. I'm Rin. And I'm Zach. And today we're talking about indie publishing. So indie publishing is another name for self-publishing. And we have some ideas on why you should indie publish and then also some of the cons of indie publishing. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about too much about the process because that will be way more than 10 minutes long. Um, but just kind of digging into the why behind indie publishing, one of the biggest issues inside of the publishing world these days is that the vast, vast majority of authors don't get enough help promoting their work. And that leads to a really disturbing statistic. Um, according to Jared Kuritz, who is uh, um, one of the lead people at Membris Press, um, 94 to 96% of books published in, through traditional means, so through an agent and um, with, a, with one of the big five publishers, 94 to 96% of those books fail to make back their investment. So the amount of money that the company puts into paying the editor and paying the author and paying for print and paying for distribution, that money is just going into a hole and it doesn't come back out, which means that these companies are leveraging the 4 to 6% of writers. You know, your uh, James Patterson's, your... Uh, Brandon your Brandon Sanderson's, like your big names, in order to fund all of these uh, all of these smaller projects, which are just money holes. So, self publishing allows you to, and indie publishing allows you to avoid that that mess right there. Exactly. Uh, another pro is you have control over all aspects of the publishing process, meaning you have a lot more of a say in the final product. Like when I published my book, I got to choose the font I wanted it in, which in traditional publishing, the chances I would get to do that are just so slim. Right. But I really like Baskerville, so I printed <laughs> my book in Baskerville. Nice. And covers are another big thing, mm-hmm. is that authors oftentimes don't have um, lots of say over the cover. I remember I was I was in this class, and we had a local author come in and talk to us because we had read his book for this, this literature class. And he mentioned how he hated the cover of the book that the publisher picked, and you can avoid that with with indie publishing because you're in charge of you're in charge of all of the production. I would say this is a pro for some people and a con for other people, but no querying. Yep. Um, querying can just be a nightmare. It's a lot of work. It's time intensive, um, and some of us have rejection sensitive dysphoria. Hello, all my other ADHD people. <laughs> Um, where it's just really hard to get rejected and it, like, takes a hit on your self-worth. And I'm not saying that's how you should be. I don't think we should be like that, but sometimes it's unavoidable. Right, and querying is inherently a subjective process where it's like you're trying to find the one person who is willing to take a bet on on your stuff. And it doesn't really reflect the quality of your stuff, especially if the, you know, if the agent doesn't even look at the draft as a whole and is just looking at your pitch. It's not about the quality of your writing. It's just... It's about how good you can sell yourself or how well you can sell yourself. And how well you can sell yourself aligns with their perception of the market, mm-hmm. which is... That's where it gets tricky, right? There is yes. aligning with the perception of the market. So... Because we're not writing for the market. We're writing to write. And agents are looking to sell stuff for the market. Yes, yes. Um, I was at a writing conference in the spring and we listened to Mason Deaver's experience. They're a non-binary author and they wrote I Wish You All the Best, which mm. is a book about a non-binary protagonist. 
and like they had a really hard time like getting their book and like because you hear all these things about like oh the market wants like LGBTQ stuff, mm-hmm. um, but they were repeatedly told oh we already have a trans book we don't want another one right so even if he's not a super saturated market. Agents might see it as already saturated. Like, oh, we have one. We don't need another. Right. And it's that kind of tokenism, which gets into a whole other whole, whole other, other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's kind of transition over to cons. And I think just on the outset, I just want to throw this out there, that indie publishing is starting a business. And yes. if you're not down to be a small business owner, then indie publishing is not for you. So true. So get in that mindset. Indie publishing is owning a business. That's that's what we're talking about here. It is your company. It is your brand. Yes. All, all those buzzwords that they use for marketing these days. If you hang out on LinkedIn, you know all of those Oh, words. yeah. For sure. Um, so it can be hard to find a high-quality cover and one that matches, like, industry standards because mm-hmm. you have to find an artist on your own. Mm-hmm. And they can be, like, expensive. Yes, like, it can. Like, finding artists. I was lucky enough to have a friend who was like, I would love to just get my work out there. And she was kind enough to, like, just do my cover for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I look at it, I'm like, this is a good cover. It's a cool cover. And I get lots of compliments on it. But I look at it, and it's also just, like, not a traditional cover. Right. And matching reader expectations about what's going on with the genre is something really important. You know, we all here don't judge a book by its cover, but there's a reason why we have covers. Exactly. <laughs> covers exist to be judged. Yes. Um, the next thing is copy fitting, which is, for those of you who don't know, like, publishing lingo, it's when you adjust, I believe, the letting and I think it's called the kerning, in, like, the spaces between lines and the spaces between letters mm-hmm. to make the book look nice. And if you're using a program like InDesign, which is what the pros use, um, you turn on H and J hyphenation justification mm-hmm. stuff, and then you it's highlighted in various shades of yellow, and you want to get it from dark yellow to lighter yellow to white. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to like look at something and like, know whether it's been copy fitted or not. Like, I recently, like, read your, like, magazine mock-up, and I was like, I can't tell if this has been copy fitted. Mm-hmm. But once it has been copy fit, it looks like there's just a je ne sais quoi. It looks so sexy. Looks, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and that's, like, a skill. You have to have, like, the skills to be published if you want your book to, like, be high quality. And it matters less for ebooks because mm-hmm. ebooks are reflowable. Mm-hmm. But if you want a print copy of your book, um... And Amazon does print copies. Barnes & Noble Press does print copies. Ingram Press is another spot. Yeah. You will want to copy fit your book. And whether you outsource that to a freelance uh, print publisher type person, you will want to do copy fitting on your book. Yep. Something else to think about when you're doing, when you're doing indie publishing is that indie publishing suffers from this problem that indie game design doesn't where there's kind of a social stigma around indie like indie publishing mm-hmm. where the idea is is that because traditional publishing supposedly screens out bad books and i would argue that it doesn't actually screen out bad books oh, it just it screens out doesn't. it just screens out bad books written by unknown authors mm-hmm. um Again, another conversation about big authors writing bad books, but that's besides the point. Indie publishing doesn't have those filters, and so readers end up having to wade through a lot more slush if they're interested in 
um, indie publishing. So you need to find ways to get that social proofing, whether it's through reviews or advertisements, whatever it may be, acquiring and promoting that social proof is an is a really integral part of the indie publishing model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next point is it's all like everything inside of yourself, mm-hmm. which we've talked about this, but specifically the marketing. Mm-hmm. And we opened the episode with a stat of like 94 to 96% of books that failed to make back their investment yep. because they aren't being marketed and like put out into the world as much. Personally, marketing is a bane of my existence. It is so hard and so much work. And the main way I do it is through, like, Instagram Reels and TikToks. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had time to, like, I would say sit down, but I film all my Reels and stuff standing up. <laughs> but, like, I haven't had time to, like, sit down and record Reels for months now. So I'm not, like, I'm, like, not seeing more growth on my Instagram. Like, Instagram stops pushing the Reels that I do post. Like, mm-hmm. the algorithm is not fun. Yeah, and figuring out your marketing strategy is something that is really hard. Are you going to pay for view? Like, are you going to pay for views? Are you going to try and uh, like game that algorithm? And if you're going to game that algorithm, how are you going to stay on top of the different changes inside the algorithm that go throughout time? So, marketing is hard. It's not something that either of us are super <laughs> comfortable with, yeah. but it's just one of those things that you that you have to think about because. Here's the here's the thing, guys. Even if you were to go the traditional publishing route, you would still probably be responsible for the vast, vast majority of the marketing. So you just get to choose <laughs> if yeah. you're doing it in the context of a traditional publishing model versus an indie publishing model. You're still going to have to market your stuff. Yeah. And I will say marketing person is slightly better than marketing online. Oh, yeah. Like, I did the farmer's market in the city where we live, and it was actually just, like, so much fun to talk to people, and people were, like, genuinely interested in it. Yes. Like, oh, this is a local author. Now I know the author, and, like, they signed my book. Yep. Um, so slightly better if you can do it in person and go to, like, cons, conventions and conferences, and farmer's markets and maker's markets and all those things. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Again, indie publishing is a small business, and you have to, like, do some research before you start a small business. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this episode has been helpful and you maybe pushing you one way or the other. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't mind querying and marketing, and you're like, yeah, I'll go for the traditional publishing route. Or maybe you want to, like, challenge yourself. Like, that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to challenge myself and, like, learn the self-publishing process in case I ever had to do it again. Yeah, it uh each of the each of the two processes have different challenges associated with them and it's they're two very different experiences. So we hope to that with the kind of this information you can make a make a good decision. We'll be coming back to talk about these topics again in the future. But until then, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.